Michael Jordan once said, some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, and others make it happen. And that is the theme of today's story with Jake DeSico from Key 2 Super Coffee, a story of relentless and hardworking pursuit to build up a business. Let's get into it. Let's go. All right, guys, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alemo, and this is a millennial personal development podcast, and the whole focus is around how do we get better, and I think you need three things to reach that next goal in life, whether it's financial, spiritual, relationship, health. It's, It's really big, you know, relentless hard work. It's a great positive attitude, and you need just a little momentum which is forward motion with energy. And I'm hoping that what we produce, this content, is made to empower everyone and to give you that spark of momentum to push forward. And it's made for me too. Um, And it's helpful for me to get there. So thanks for following on my journey. I'm grateful you're listening. You can find me at at Tommy Tahoe on Twitter and Instagram. You can search more about us at millennialmomentum.net blog, video, book recommendations, everything. And you can, if you want to support in any way, you can go over to iTunes and leave a review, subscribe. Uh, That means the world. It helps more people see what we're doing here. Uh, And this is a big passion project that I have. So thanks for joining. Let's get into what we're talking about today. And uh, for this week's interview, I had Jake DeSico from Kitu Super Coffee on. And it's such an interesting story that these guys have. So years, a few years ago, um, Jake's younger brother, Jordan, was a student at Philadelphia University. He was a uh, full scholarship basketball player and athlete. And you know, he found himself in this position where he was exhausted from all the early morning practices, the schoolwork, the games, the travel, everything. And he had these early morning practices and he'd be walking there and He'd find himself in convenience stores early in the morning looking for that boost and just seeing Red Bulls and Monsters and Starbucks Frappuccinos with 65 grams of sugar. And he just knew there had to be a better way. And so he went, he took it to his dorm room, he put it on himself, scratched his own itch, created a blend of coffee and protein and healthy fats and all of these different things, Um, called it Super Coffee, started drinking it. Shared it with his teammates, his coaches, his classmates, uh, professors. Everyone started drinking it and loving it. Um, And so he and Jake started to work a little bit on the business. And he tells a few great stories of, you know, how they got into Whole Foods. And I'll leave it to him to talk about it. But it's all about they just took action. You know, they, they get a bottle from there from another company. They brew up their batch. They put it in the company's bottle. They go to the manager and they sell their dream to him. They sell the coffee company and they say, all right, we'll put you in Whole Foods. Um, you know, they get, they make the call to mom and they both drop out of their full scholarships in college. The oldest brother leaves his Wall Street job, high paying job, and they start on the business. And, you know, they do the distribution 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. when they get to and then they go deliver and sell the coffee and then they make it to Shark Tank and they get to an investment with uh, Adam Newman from WeWork and it's just crazy. 
it's a crazy story with the lesson being that you got to make it happen. And luck doesn't find you on your couch when you're watching Netflix. It finds you when you're out there hustling. You're putting out positive energy. You're putting out good things in the, in the world to people. And you often see a reflection of what you put out there. So are you putting out something that's positive, that's hardworking, that's energetic, that you're treating people well, that's going to return to you. And it's the same if you, you treat people like shit and you're lazy and you don't care and you're a jerk. So this is a good reminder for those people that are sitting on, you know, trying to be perfectionist, sitting on an idea, not being positive, being negative, all of these bad things that are translating to your life, maybe this will have you see things a little bit differently. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation. I'm so stoked to, to, to uh, bring you and introduce you to Jake DeSico. All right, Jake DeSico. Good morning, man. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Mr. Tom. Yeah, excited to do this one. Uh, we got Friday morning before Labor Day. A lot of people taking those four-day weekends, but not us. We're on the grind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fridays are the... The best day of the week to close out strong, chasing that last little bit of business. That's it. I had a guy on once, Ben Newman, who uh, he does consulting and works with a lot of uh, pro football teams. And he says, champions create distance on Friday. So that's what we're looking to do here. I like it. I like that. Cool. So I'm in, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, we were introduced by a mutual friend. And you know, I've been following the story of you guys. And you know, you've been on Shark Tank. And you have some impressive investors. And it looks like you guys have have really grown a lot in the last year. I'd love to take it back to the beginning of, you know, how Jordan, the youngest brother, uh, you know, created the company and, and, you know, started the whole super coffee revolution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep this brief, give you the cliff notes. Um, but Jordan, the youngest brother, and then I'm Jake, the middle brother, and then there's Jim, the oldest brother. Um, and when, when Jordan was a freshman playing basketball up at Philadelphia University on a full scholarship, he was waking up in the morning for 5 a.m. shoot around, uh, really adjusting to, to life as a student athlete. Jim and I had been, uh, I was a junior football at Georgetown. Jim was just finishing up at Colgate playing football up there in upstate New York. Uh, and Jordan was really struggling to adjust to the, the demands of, uh, of being a Division One college athlete. I guess Philly use actually D2, Jordan, so that's a shout out to you. Um, <laughs> So he, he, he was going to accounting, actually. It was funny enough. He was going to 8 a.m. accounting class and falling asleep in class. And every day his route from class, or from 5 a.m. shoot-around to uh, 8 a.m. accounting was past his school convenience store. And he didn't have time to stop and grab a, a full-on barista, uh, like, ready-to-go coffee. So he was look, found himself staring in front of that uh, cooler every day. I mean, it was either the Starbucks Frappuccino, Monster, or Red Bull. And he was in the middle of one of his weird diets. George is always uh, messing around with different, uh, I don't want to use the word biohacking by any means, but looking for ways for his body to perform uh, at, at peak level. And he would be taking it, doing all this good stuff. But then when it came down to his quick energy, he found himself breaking whatever diet he was and drinking a Starbucks Frappuccino or a Red Bull or a Monster. And he was like, this isn't right. Um so at that point, he yeah. discovered Bulletproof Coffee, which is uh, – I'm sure all, a lot of your listeners are familiar now with Bulletproof, the, the make it your home. It's got the MCT oil. It's got a ton of butter in it. Um, Jordan was making that, and he really found the energy benefits, but it doesn't really taste that great, and it's uh, not that functional make, really sloppy process. So he's like, I can do this better. Um, and he started – just went straight to the dorm room blender, and from there – 
uh, really started iterating and figuring out how to make it healthier and how to make it taste better and more convenient. And that was really uh, idea phase for Jordan early on. And, and we're talking freshman year. Uh, and this is at this point, probably January of 2015. Yeah. And the Bulletproof, I think, is the most popular uh, of, you know, using fat and healthy fat in coffee. How, what, what's the difference for the people that may not be as familiar with what you guys are doing? Is it removing the butter or the ghee and putting in protein and, and maybe a different type of fat? Or what's the, what's the actual difference? Yeah. So, I mean, today there, there, there's a, a very wide gap between what, what, what key two and what super coffee and, and now what super creamer is focused on doing and, and what bulletproof um, is focused on doing. And you heard me use that term biohacking. That's a, that's a um, bulletproof terminology. That's something that they do. And we're very different than that. And the reason that I say we're different uh, as super coffee, we have 10 grams of protein. We do use the MCT oils, the same that uh, Bulletproof uses. But from there, Bulletproof uses butter. And that puts their calories up over from like 300 to 500 calories, depending if you're getting on their bottled version or you're making it yourself at home. Um, and then the idea behind that is you're not supposed to eat for the next eight hours. So it's really focusing on using healthy fats to, to move you forward and, and getting momentum starting your day, um, but then going on a little bit of a fast. And we recognize that our friends, our college uh, teammates, coaches, whoever it was, people have such a good relationship with food that they're not going to give up food for the next eight hours just because they had a coffee in the morning. Super coffee, zero sugar, 80 calories, 10 grams of protein. Then you get the healthy fats from the MCT oil to boost you to keep you in that keto if you're following keto. Um, but the most important part about super coffee is we believe in, in great taste and great flavor. So we have a vanilla, a mocha, mm. a hazelnut, and then we have our original, which is unsweetened. But those sweetened ones use monk fruit, which is a zero calorie, zero sugar sweetener that adds great taste, very different from something like stevia where there's no aftertaste. Um, so our goal is to be just the, the better for you version of a Starbucks Frappuccino. Uh, we're two ninety nine every day. We're like a bulletproof. Um, is really focused on like this biohacking uh, crowd, um, and they're more like four ninety nine to six ninety nine. So just th th that's like the difference between a super coffee and bulletproof. I think people use the term bulletproof coffee just kind of sometimes like you know you say Kleenex as a tissue, like for when you're mixing in MCT oil and protein yep. or butter or whatever it is in your coffee. So it's good to it's good to know the difference there. And for someone like me. I think the fasting and the intermittent fasting, we could have, you know, three podcasts just about that. But oh, yeah. like, I think it's all about your body type and what works for you. I don't really do it, but I know people that do, you know, the 16, eight or the, even the 20 and four or whatever it is split uh, yeah. pretty successfully. But, you know, maybe not go down that rabbit hole and, and stick with you guys for, for the sake of this conversation. So, you know, Jordan created the product out of the need and, um, you know, it sounds like, again, you know, he, he started to, you know, see the benefits in himself, his teammates, his friends. Um, what was the breaking point of the tipping point where he said, uh, you know, he started to loop you and your brother in and say, hey, I think I think we have a real idea here. I think this could be a real company. Yeah. So probably some point, uh, Jordan, so Jordan immediately, almost immediately into college. So I, I should backtrack. I said January 2015, he started like like messing around with with different recipes almost immediately on campus by january he felt pretty good about it and then called me at georgetown i was in the business school of georgetown jordan and i are, are both very entrepreneurial our, our brains work differently um 
it, then the gyms. Jim Jim uh, was graduated from Colgate, was going to work uh, in finance in New York for the Blackstone Group. So his path was kind of set. Um, and, and Jordan and I in March of 2015 really were like, wow, this thing's got some legs. I, I'm behind this. Um, we teamed up then and, and uh, geared up for like a pitch, co- pitch competition at Georgetown University in the business school. Uh, actually didn't win. We were like an honorable mention. So didn't do very well at all in that pitch competition. Um, but with that, we got into a summer launch program at, at Georgetown University and the business school as well, which gave us both feeling really good about validity into taking a leap of faith to take a summer off from uh, him focusing on hoops and me getting ready for football and then uh, kind of getting off the internship route because as a junior in the business school at Georgetown, uh, that junior summer is a big summer to oh, yeah. to come up to New York and, and work for Goldman or J.P. Morgan or whoever it's going to be. Um, so I, I think a, a critical point was getting accepted into that Georgetown Business School summer launch program where it was like at the very least, if this thing never makes it off the ground past the end of summer – uh, we'll learn some great – it won't be us doing it on our own. We'll learn some great lessons from some great mentors here at the business school at Georgetown. We know at some point in our lives we're going to want to launch a venture. It might not be this early if this doesn't work, but we feel like we could learn really the the foundational aspects of launching a venture in this summer launch program. So that's how Jordan and I approached that first summer. But then the true turning point that summer, Jordan and I were, were super, super naive and felt like we had a $100 million business off the bat before we even had had a, a bottling plant. And it was like week three of the, this 10-week program. And we were like, our, our naiveness came out because we were like, we, I mean, we have a perfect recipe. And, and my 100 teammates at Georgetown Football and Jordan's 20 basketball teammates have been our guinea pigs for the last three months. So we were in a little bit of a different phase than the rest of the folks who were in like their VIP uh, point of their product development for that summer launch program. Long story short, rather than listening to uh, the summer launch program and going out and testing with our friends, uh, Jordan and I walked up to the Whole Foods right there on Wisconsin Avenue in, in Washington, D.C. and bought an honest tea. We took it back to my, my uh, college house in the basement. We blended up a batch of super coffee. We peeled off the label. We went to the business school, printed out a sticky label that said Suniva Super Coffee on it. And then we went right back to that same Whole Foods. Uh, and we said, hey, hey guys, we make we make a great coffee, nothing like that you guys have. Do you want to buy it? And the guy was like, I don't know. This looks a little sketchy. Uh, like, I'm not sure. And we saw at that Whole Foods that morning that they had just started accepting the go card, which is the Georgetown University like points. And we were like, we can drive some students up here at the very least uh, to get them in the store. We can tell it's a new initiative for you. And I was like, you know what? That works for me. Let, let's give this a shot. So then we got into Whole Foods. And that at that point, yeah, that was big. That was going – I was getting ready for double sessions there. That Going into my senior season was really gearing up for a big senior season on the football field. Um, Jordan was getting ready to go back as a starting point guard. And at that point when we got into Whole Foods, uh, Jordan said, hey, man, I'm going to drop out and give up my full scholarship. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's a power move. I was like, call Jim before you call mom. <laughs> I was like, definitely call Jim. Get some older brother advice before you call mom. And then I don't know what went down on that call, but then I got a call from Jim afterwards thinking he was going to say Jordan can't drop out. And he was like, hey, dude, I'm quitting my job on Wall Street and I'm joining you and Jordan and Jordan's dropping out. Wow. <laughs> so that that's when like the chips went from Jordan and I teetering, like, are we really going to do this? Are you going to go back up to Philly and this thing's going to phase out? 
And I think the three of us kind of responded together, knowing this Whole Foods opportunity was there. And we kind of just put the chips on the other side of the table and said, we're all in. I got a few questions on that. So I want to make I want to make a point to the listeners, because a lot of the the people that listen to the show are either entrepreneurs themselves or have some sort of side hustle um, that whether they want it to be a full venture or they're happy with keeping it a side hustle, you know, they they have some sort of entrepreneurial spirit. So I think one thing to point out is that you mitigated risk early on by, you know, you got into that program at Georgetown, you had a summer where you didn't just go from, he created a product and you just jumped, dropped out of school that day and said, all right, let's try it out. You, you had some proof of concept. Yep. And the second thing is that you weren't just like sitting in your dorm room all day thinking about, oh, who should we call it? Whole Foods or uh, at Wegmans and making this big list and never actually doing anything. You just went right in there and, you know, put it in a random bottle, actually a different company's bottle, yeah. made a, made a, made a uh, you know, sticker to put on there and just made it happen. Yeah. And so that's a big thing for me is that I feel like a lot of people that I talk to are saying, oh, you know, I want to do this, but, or I should do this, but, and they just kind of overthink it. You guys made it happen. And that's important to note, but I'd love to hear about what that conversation was with mom when all three brothers come in and say, well, two of us are dropping out of school. One of us is leaving our, you know, probably well-paying gig on Wall Street to make this this coffee uh, company happen. Yeah. So my mom, my mom thought it was this great little summer project that Jordan and I were walk, working on. Uh, and then when she got the call, she thought that she thought that like Jordan was on drugs. It's like literally, <laughs> like that was her. Pre- and and, and to, to provide context on why Jordan has this obsessive personality. He's not the best student. He actually has a learning disability, but he, he has this crazy obsessive personality. And when we were little, like really little kids, it was like playing PlayStation. And then it was like wiffle ball in the backyard. And then it, at, at 10 or 11, it, it transferred to the, the sport of basketball. And he's the type of kid that would, he would literally, he was at the YMCA every day at 5am just shooting free throws, wow. really pre- perfecting his craft because he's obsessed he would skip school of high school some days just because he, he hated school and wanted to play basketball. So here's this kid that all he loved is basketball. And then his, his attention really shifted to, to business and entrepreneurship and, and self-betterment. And when my mom got that call, she was like, there's no way that he's given up basketball just to pursue some business venture. Um, so I think that was hard for my mom to understand at first. Both my parents were division one scholarship athletes and that's kind of how we were raised. We all got into school because of athletics and it, it was a really big part of us. And I think that was truly the leap of faith to take it to another level for all three, Jim Jordan and I, when, when Jordan was able to make that commitment and say, Hey, I'm dropping out, um, giving up free college. And, and, and that's kind of, when it was like game on, fellas, like we have this opportunity, let's squeeze it. Were the parents supportive of that? Or, I mean, I know you mentioned that she's like, he's, he's on drugs or, you know, but like at the end of the day, were they, were they ultimately supportive or did it take them a little bit to catch on? No, they were, I mean, maybe 48 hours of like disaster panic mode, but my, my parents are young, progressive parents. They had, I mean, my brothers, Jim Jordan and I today are 23, 24, 25. Um, my parents are both under 50. So they, they got after it right after they, they, they graduated, got married and had three kids. So they're, they, and they're supportive and, and very progressive thinking. I think most parents would not be appreciative of their kid giving up a full scholarship. But to the support and to hats off to them is those early days, obviously launching a venture, 
making any cash that's going into supporting living doesn't exist. And, and both my parents are pretty blue collar. Uh, and they were actually able to scrape up a couple of bucks for Jim and George to support their, their rent those first couple of months when we were in MVP phase, when we were in a few Whole Foods, because we didn't want to raise any friends and family money until we were able to prove some sort of success and prove concept yep. in those Whole Foods. So Whole Foods, that guy could have said, hey, kids, like literally screw off. This is you clearly made this in your dorm room blender. This is clearly a sticky label of an honest tea bottle. Like get out of here. But thankfully, it, it went different, and that allowed us to to launch. And we kind of never looked back from there. And could you maybe spend a minute talking about what it took to take that idea and then make it into a reality? Because it's not all about the product and the marketing, like there's a lot of logistics, especially with yeah. you know, a product like what you're selling in terms of the manufacturing and you know the, the labels and the coding and all that stuff that really just isn't very exciting, but is necessary. No, absolutely. I, I think the most important part for any listener here is I think that's the biggest mistake of early entrepreneurs is pick a VIP or an MVP product and, and launch it. Launch it early. You know it's going to be ugly. You know it's going to have mistakes, but go out and get feedback and then iterate all the way. And three years in, we've sold a few million bottles at this point, raised over five million bucks, and and we are still not on a final product. We are still in MVP mode. So I, I think that's one. It, it, the, the product that Jordan and I brought to Whole Foods today, or that first day, isn't even recognizable anymore to what today's product is, but yeah. it's still the same super coffee at concept which I think is really important. And then the logistics point. So Whole Foods writes this order. They said, cool, we'll take eight cases on like a Tuesday in August. And we show up nine and a half weeks later and say, hey, here we are. We're dropping off the product because uh, we had to figure out manufacturing and all, all that good stuff, getting the, the, the right FDA licenses and the food safety and you know, all that stuff. And, and, and Whole Foods like, guys, like this, this PO, this purchase order was due nine and a half weeks ago. And in food and beverage, normally when a, a, an account places an order for a Tuesday, it's supposed to get delivered on like Thursday or Friday. So we didn't know that, but the, the process was finding a place to make it. And with food and beverage, the, the terminology is getting a co-packer is basically where you want to end up, someone that's going to manufacture, contract manufacturer who's going to make the product for you. In the early days, you need you need critical mass to do that. You need to be able to hit minimum requirements. We didn't have any of that. So what we did is we found a place. It was actually a Domino Sugar Refinery up in Elkridge, Maryland. Funny enough, we're, we're a sugar-free product. We are manufacturing at a Domino Sugar Refinery. And what they said, they're like, guys, you guys can come in. Our, all of our workers leave at 7 p.m. You guys can come in and, and have at it from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. is when the first shift gets in. We would show up. We would show up and we, we would make it. And we, we had no clue how to use the, the machinery. We had no clue what we were doing. But we, we had it was we, we, we had a shot. You know what I mean? Like we, we had the keys uh, and we were able to go in and blend it up. And we would make like it would take us like 12 hours to make like 500 bottles. But we would make them and then – also, what you need in food and beverage or at really anything at CPG is a distributor. We didn't. Ha we only had one store. We have one Whole Foods. So no distributor is going to sign on to carry your stuff to one store. That's not like their critical mass. They look for at least 20 points of distribution. So we would make the product. We would deliver the product ourselves. Uh, and then you need to get it off the shelves. But without any marketing dollars, our only marketing was me, Jim, and George showing up at stores, pouring samples, and, and trying to get to drive trial. 
So early, early days, we were doing it all from manufacturing it. We would literally make it from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m., make deliveries, and then show up that same day and pour samples to try and sell the stuff. Let's go. I'm fired up right now, yeah. man. I love that. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, as you're, as you're going through that, you're going through the grind, there's no better way for any entrepreneur nowadays to get more sight with the end user than going on Shark Tank. And I read somewhere that I think there's one in 40,000 chance, I think, that you get on the show. So yeah. you guys got on. So maybe walk us through how I have to, you had to stand out somehow. Um, so I'd imagine you might've done something interesting to get on there. And then maybe what that process was like being on the show, meeting the sharks. I know you didn't necessarily land a deal, but I'd have to imagine that that also catapulted the business to a whole new level with hundreds of millions or tens of millions of people watching. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny that you mentioned the one in 40,000 thing because we got a LinkedIn message from one of the producers or someone that works closely with Shark Tank. And they said, hey, guys, like we want you we want to we want to consider you for season nine. Uh, and we got that message and, and Jim Jordan and I laugh. We we're like, haha, Shark Tank's so corny. Like we don't want to be a Shark Tank brand. Uh, and then we were telling we had a board meeting like the following week and we told our board. And the biggest thing was like a one in 40, one in 40,000 shot. Like that's a distraction. Like We need to focus on growing the business. At that point, we were pre-million dollars in revenue. This is like coming up on two years ago now. And we were like, that's just a distraction. And when we told our board, they're like, what do you mean? That's a freaking Super Bowl commercial. You are absolutely going on Shark Tank, <laughs> um, which was funny because we were like, we don't want to do that at all to them once – we had a little bit of uh, a, a more senior professional look at what Shark Tank actually meant from a marketing perspective. We were like, okay, we're all in. And then from there, you're absolutely right. It's not truly about your financials or your business model. It's a TV show first, and they, they, they do need entertainment. So we, we really played up the brother thing and our uh, – the brother and the athlete thing as well. We know that uh, one thing about our story that that's pretty – cool is that we're relatable guys like none of us are geniuses by any means we're, we're, we're all athletes i think we america has such a draw to sports culture so that's what we played on and then once we found out that we were gonna go out to hollywood to film um we really doubled down on on the opportunity we worked with a choreographer to make sure uh that that we had some some tv moments the, the, the terminology that our choreographer used were, were water cooler talk moments, meaning like the next day after people watch the show, they'll talk about it yeah. at work. Um, and it was little things, nuances. Like we all wore super coffee shirts underneath and we walked out in uh, untuck it shirts that had Velcro up the middle. And we ripped them off like Superman. Uh, that was like a moment. Jordan spun a basketball on his finger while he was talking in the beginning. Um, and then on the back of our shirts, uh, the soup that said super golf in the front, Jim's shirt said oldest than 92. I was middle 93. Jordan was youngest 95. So just some call outs like that um, to kind of play on everything else that was going to happen while we were on stage in front of uh, the sharks. I know that you didn't get the deal, but that had to have had a huge impact on the business afterwards. We went on there to negotiate in good faith. And we presented the deal. Uh, we had just actually closed a round of funding right before going on Shark Tank. So we, we were sitting in a good place. And the deal that we presented, if the Sharks wanted to do that deal, we were going to do it. But the number one priority was make it to air. Because not all episodes, it doesn't matter if you 
strike the biggest deal of all time or you see an entrepreneur get kicked off in the first 30 seconds. There's no guarantee out of either of those pitches to the Sharks that they actually make it to the Oh, air. wow. Yeah, so that that's very important. You're more likely to get to air if you do strike a deal or at least when an offer comes out. Um, they consider that like like the money shot when 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 offers are made. Did you get an offer? Uh, we, we so on on the episode what they showed in the seven minutes they never showed uh, an offer. We had like like Lori was talking about doing an offer and they were just so far off that they were they were looking for us to counter like bef- like to admit that we would be willing to a counter um, because they they we were offering five percent and they wanted to see us come in somewhere near like thirty percent. And oh, no chance. Yeah, because it was so far off, uh, we didn't really push back uh, on that at all. So we never really got to offer time. But the cool thing was, and I think the reason we got to air, was every shark had a ton of interest. And they all went out kind of in a very enthusiastic and with like a, a, a very true and candid good luck boys like I'm going to be following. The terms just aren't right for me, which makes sense because they want big chunks. And I mean, they're strategic in a way where uh, they have great personal followings as well. So we didn't want to give a discount to the Sharks. They didn't want to come in at the terms. So that's kind of where we were with the Sharks. If nothing else, that gives you so much experience with the venture capital. And and I know you mentioned you got, you've raised about $5 million and you were telling me that you had a, a good story. I know your partners with Adam Newman who founded WeWork. Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the Adam Newman story goes back to probably in, in today's world, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can, can definitely agree with the thought of like why, why is college important and why is going to a good school so important? Because uh, I, I, I'm on that boat, like you don't even need college, but the, it, it, the network of a college is truly what, what you pay for and why it is important to get a good education. And people talk about signaling and all that. That good stuff. But the reason why I bring that up is because the only reason I was able to get in front of Adam Newman and we were able to get our brand in front of Adam was because Artie Minson, who is the president and CFO at WeWork, is a, is a Hoya. He's a Georgetown alum. Um, so I was able to meet Artie through a couple of networking events at Georgetown. And after I met Artie, he was pretty interested in the brand. We had great traction at that point early on. And after I met him, I sent him a bunch of care packages right away and really stayed on his uh, stayed on his trail tough and we were trying to get a meeting uh, up here in New York and I really stayed on the arty trail hard trying to get a meeting up here and he would cancel because him and Adam would be going to China to open up new property and they were going to Korea and they were going all over the world to open up their new properties finally uh, I was working with his secretary got a time to come up to New York leave DC at like 4 30 in the morning I drive up and by the time I get here, I walk in and his secretary, I check in at the front desk. His personal secretary comes down, his personal assistant and says, oh, did you not see my email? I had to cancel. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I just drove up. Like, And she's like, where do you drive from? I was like, D.C. And she was like, oh, shit. Let me see what I can do. Him and Adam are in the war room right now, actually. There's some stuff going down. And then when she walked away, I immediately got on the phone and I called Jim and Jordan. And I was like, this might be best case scenario because they feel bad right now. So hopefully they can give us 15 minutes. And we work out of a WeWork every day anyway. So I was like, as long as I can get on Wi-Fi, I can wait here eight hours all day long until Artie's ready for me. Um, so sure enough, like two hours later, she, uh, his assistant comes back down. Katrina, she's the best woman in the world because she made all this happen. Shout out to Katrina. Shout out to Katrina. <laughs> uh, she was like, Artie will see you, but it's going to be capped max 30 minutes, probably more like 15. And I was like, no worries. And my, our only goal 
for me, Jim and George was to move up to New York. We were ready to launch our brand here in New York. We knew that was the next big milestone. We had kind of captured the DC market and New York was kind of naturally the next stop on our, on our expansion. And we knew to be successful in New York, we needed to physically be here. So going into that meeting with Artie, my only goal was to give him a few updates. Shark Tank, we had just raised some dollars, had some exciting stuff. Then we had just gone to Wegmans and it was going to ask for reduced rent because the New York City we live was so much more expensive than the D.C. we live. And like 40 minutes into that 30-minute meeting with Artie, it was awesome. He's a great guy. Some some tall, surfing-looking dude walks in. I had no idea who it was. He, he completely interrupts the meeting and he grabs a bottle. And I kind of said hello, but I was like, all right, like, like I'm going to focus on like attention. I'm getting this across the finish line with the president and C- CFO, Artie. And, this, and Artie immediately reported to this, this young guy that Jake and his brothers are having such a positive experience living in We Live, and he was really excited. So my mind immediately went to, okay, this guy's a community manager, probably oversees the We Live program, which to my knowledge, I think it was like a struggling concept in the early days. Um, so I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then we get back into the conversation with Artie, and this guy interrupts again, and he said something about lactose in the product. And I was like, I'm talking to the president right now, and you're going to interrupt about – like I'm thinking this. Like you're going to interrupt <laughs> about lactose? Like come yeah. on, man. But doing my whole sales thing, I'm like, yeah, lactose free. You're all good. And he's like, well, what happens if I get sick because I'm lactose intolerant? And I'm like, we're really going to go down a rabbit hole right now about lactose? And I'm still doing my sales thing. I give him my business card. I'm like, no worries, man. Like if you get sick, the best thing is you can sue me. Ha ha. And this dude's expression <laughs> just looks me dead in the eyes. He's like, I don't sue people. I fucking kill them. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Still no idea who this is. And th- then this guy really hijacks the conversation. He drank a hazelnut, loved it. Uh, and for the next hour, we're just going back and forth and He's asking a ton of questions about the brand, but nothing, not one thing about uh, the financials, the growth strategy, plan to profitability, nothing like that, but more like tactical questions. Like, how do you guys connect with your customer? How do the brothers work together? How do you stay motivated against long-term dilution? A lot of like intrinsic questions. And then at the end of this meeting that he had really taken over, I knew he was someone important, still didn't know who he was. Um, he was like, what I'm going to do, here's what I'm going to do, Jake. I'm going to give you guys a capital infusion. You're going to live in my building in New York for free. You're going to work all work out of all my spaces globally for free. Um, we're going to partner with you guys. And then he said something along the line. Then he closes with, now get out, or something like that. Now let me get back <laughs> to working with Artie. I walk out. Katrina comes, sees me out, and she's, and she's like, how was it? That was amazing. And I was like, Katrina, who the fuck was that guy? <laughs> and we're at the top of the sixth floor of the Chelsea WeWork headquarters. And she was like, Jake, that was Adam. He created all of this. And there was Adam Newman, the CEO. So it was a really, really cool mo- moment. I called both my brothers. And that was a really, really special moment for us as a brand. Uh, then I stayed for a couple more hours and, and uh, decompressed with Artie at the end of the meeting. And he's like, that was something, huh? And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. So that was really, really cool. And that was about a year in, that was two years ago. Now we worked invested a couple of times since then, uh, but they're great partners for us. Everything that their brand speaks to is what we try to speak to as well. And I think that's what Adam was getting at that day that we were talking. And that's why he didn't care about a path to profitability or margins or anything like that. Um, and for him, it's just, how do you connect to a customer and how do you create long-term loyalists? Um, which is really cool. That's a great story. And um, 
Yeah, I have one or two more questions here before we wrap up. And you know, you, the whole you know one of the main themes here is that you guys were college athletes. Uh, you know, I was a college athlete myself, and you know, I, I'm still into wellness and physical activity and things like that. How do you manage being entrepreneurs with you know such a large target and the wellness aspect where you guys have been you know in great shape your whole lives? Has that suffered at all, or have you do you scope out time where you you know make time to work out or meditate or sleep enough or and all that type of good stuff. Yeah, no, our entire brand is kind of built around this, this aspect of being the best version of yourself or like living your best life in, from a wellness perspective. Yeah. Um, so, so it's ingrained in our DNA of the brand. So, so we're always working out, I think finding time um, for, for meditation and for eating healthy and, and all those things definitely takes a little bit of planning and organization, but it truly does allow you to operate at your, your optimal, uh, output. Um, so it's definitely something that's important to us. One thing that, that Jim and I are, are really, uh, focused on is, is trying to still compete in some way. So Jim's always actively doing triathlons, I, I just ran a, a 25k mountain race up in Killington, Vermont, with our our badass director of sales. Awesome. Um, so I, I think it's trying to gamify it. Find for us at least finding ways to 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 say, hey, like I need to train so I can so I can go out and, and do the things that I need to do because it's really hard to say I, I'm going to go work out just because I know it's healthy and a great way to stay in shape. So that, that that's a personal thing for me where I, I find it really. Uh, as a former athlete, knowing the, the importance of being prepared for uh, competition is something that holds myself a little bit more accountable. Um, so, I, And I just call that like gamifying your workouts, knowing that, hey, I got to run three miles today or else that 5K at the end of the week is really going to kick my butt. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, and I have a – I'm doing a Spartan uh, Beast. Oh, nice. Uh, and the end of, end of September and have done some some longer like marathons. I want to do like a either triathlon or – I mean, at some point, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's having that, having that thing on the calendar at some point, you know, whatever it is, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, whenever you do it is a, is a good way to, to stay focused on the goal. Cause it can get boring in, in the gym or running and, and maybe just to wrap this up, I'd love to hear you guys have had a great story. I'm fired up for Friday right now, but I want to learn a little bit more about what the vision of the future looks like. You know, what, what's the goal for the next six months, year, five years, like, where are you guys looking out to right now? Yeah. Well, first, we should definitely do a trail ultra together because that would be awesome. That would be sick. Avoid the mountain runs. Avoid the mountain runs. Stick to the trails. Yeah. Um, but to the question, vision. We have a new product coming out right now. We just we just switched from Suniva Super Coffee to Ketu, uh, Keto Life Inc. and Ketu Super Coffee. Can you explain that name change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that quickly. But we, we, we owned all the trademarks to Suniva and Suniva Super Coffee here in the U.S. for food and beverage. And in the time we launched, a Canadian-based company uh, started work, uh, operating under the name Suniva as well. They had a little bit more dollars, and they owned Suniva.com, which shouldn't have been an issue because they're based in Canada, but they're a medical marijuana company um, <laughs> So in a cannabis company. So that, that was um, – a challenge and we, and we and we finally decided that we were gonna we were gonna make the jump to a new brand and then key two key two is a, a word that we made up k-i-t-u so we own it in all aspects not just for food and beverage not just in the u.s but we own it globally because it's a word that we created 
Uh, obviously, Keto is, is very reminiscent of Keto, and all of our products are Keto certified. They follow the ketogenic diet. Um, so that's one part of it, but it's more so about uh, being your Keto and your key to life, your key to health, your key to happiness. Um, and to kind of take it full circle on the side of every bottle on the side of all of our packaging, whether it be super creamer, super espresso, super coffee, whatever it is, uh, it's always going to say it all started in our little brother's dorm room because if we change our energy, we can change our world. That's the key to life. So that's really where key two goes full circle. So that's the name change. And the vision is just going to continue to to really follow that story. And, and we really believe that the key to life is, is, is your energy that you put off as an individual. And, and we say positive energy for positive change. And if we change our energy, we can change our world. And that's the little things. Those are the little interactions that all of our sales reps know about. You can make anyone's day at any time and never miss the opportunity to make someone's day and, and work hard and be nice to people. Um, and those are the things that are going to allow us to, to truly make a difference. And we're a positive energy company is what we say. So that's the vision is continue to put positive energy out into the world, add positives, remove, remove negatives from our life. Um, and, and that's what our products are going to follow. Cause like to your point about wellness and health, uh, our, our mood and our, and our output really does come back down to, to how healthy we're being and the stuff that we're putting into our bodies, um, so that's why we have zero sugar. That's why we have no carbs. Um, we, we, we want people to, to use super coffee as healthy fuel um, to allow them to live their best lives and, and go out and put positive energy into anything they do, whether it be the side hustle podcast, their everyday work, their training, whatever it is. Um, but we are a positive energy company. Um, and we just want to help people and inspire people to go out and, and be the best version of themselves. Hell yeah, man. I mean, I, I might need to pause and rip 15 pushups real quick because I'm fired up. Um, and, you know, that's the the energy piece is so important. Uh, the listeners know I went to a, uh, a, not to get into a rabbit hole, but I went to a Tony Robbins show about six months ago. And that was the one, that was like the one main takeaway was like the energy that you have is everything in life. Like you got to bring energy to work. You got to bring it to your relationship. You got to bring it to your workout. You got to bring it to everything. If you're just like slouching through life, like no one wants to live that way. No one wants to be around someone like that. So I love that message. And you said before we started. It's contagious though. You're right. It's, it's absolutely contagious. And, and anything you put out into the world, it, you're, you're going to see a reflection of that. And that's why we say create your own luck because if you're actively going out being nice to people and, and looking for ways to create luck, I promise you it's going to it's going to find you in some way. And like you said at the very beginning of the show, luck's not going to find you on, on your sofa at home or, or thinking about an idea. Luck tends to find people when, when, when they're out and handing a, a terrible bottle of coffee to that buyer at Whole Foods saying, hey, will you take us in? So, yeah, it's all about your energy, man. I love it. This was awesome. Yeah, you got just create your own luck. I love it, man. And then maybe just uh, real quick to wrap us up, just let us know where can we find you guys uh, in stores? Where can we find you on social media, the new site, everything like that? Yeah, so so best place to find us, key2life.com. If you're listening, um, you can use the promo code Jake. You'll save you'll save some 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 dollars. I don't know what it is, twenty five percent, something like that. Um, we got super creamer launching here in a few weeks online. We have all of our new recipes, super coffee out there. But then if you're on the East coast, really anywhere from Wegmans to whole foods, Wawa, quick check, 
Um, New York City, there's an abundance of super coffee out there. But streamline. Go to Amazon. Go to key2life.com. Get it delivered to your door. And if you're on key2life.com or drinksupercoffee.com, like I said, J-A-K-E, it'll save you a couple of bucks to try the first uh, order of super coffee out. Awesome, man. Love it. Well, I'm ready to I'm ready to create some distance on this Friday. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. Uh, for everyone listening out there, check these guys out in your stores in New York City or on the East Coast online. They have a great site, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. So, Jake, thanks so much for joining, man. I had a blast. Yeah, Tom, this was awesome, brother. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. And I'm going to hold you to that ultra. We'll, we'll find one to run together. We'll back out. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to that episode. Really hope you liked it. Uh, If you did, if you found any value, wherever you're listening to this, uh, please head on over uh, and give it a five-star rating, subscribe, review, whether it's on the iTunes app, whether it's on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, if it's there. Um, Really appreciate you. You can find me at tomalamo.com. T-O-M-A-L-A-I-M-O.com for the blog, all the show notes, and Tommy Tahoe uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere. So thanks so much. Grateful for you. Have a great week.